Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It's 11.41 p.m. Monday night. Do you know where your Blackhawks reporters are? Hi, everyone. Welcome to a long-awaited Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. Chris Bowden, your pre- and post-game host on WGN Radio, joining you in our post-game dungeon here across from the Blackhawks locker room alongside Mr. NHL.com, Mr. Blackhawks Crazy Podcaster. And uh, anything else in your title, Scott King? No. Uh, You could throw in Forbes Entertainment writer. You know, I'll go with that. And there's a big Forbes story coming up that you're working on that we'll get to a little bit, a little bit later on. Yes. Yeah. So uh, apologies for it being a couple of weeks, but due to the circumstances of long games and everything. It's, it's my fault and NHL.com's fault, which has to be, you know, it's. I'd like to think of that as, you know, that's my wife and, and uh, you, you and the podcast are my happy uh, uh, mistress, if, you, if we want to put it in those terms. Wow. Um, so, yeah, the length of these games has just been ridiculous. And uh, we were going to do one last week and scott said i'm not gonna be ready to 11 45 or 45 minutes after i get off the air well here we are 40 minutes after i get off the air but it's been so long we owe you one and after this game on monday night the 8-7 victory over the ottawa senators first of all how are how is the condition of your fingertips after going all radical on your on your keyboard all night long uh, they're fine. My nails have been bitten off uh, with all the excitement, all the goals. I'm trying. I'm scrolling through my notes here. Did Did you have this on the show that it actually tied uh, for the most goals in a game this season? The Flames uh, beat the Blue Jackets nine to six, December fourth. I don't doubt it. Really, <laughs> I, I really don't doubt it. Um, There's a lot of scoring this year. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a well. That, that's that's what everybody wants, you know. They they want all that, and I think this game more than anything. After it was revealed uh, prior to warmups that Brent Seabrook would be unavailable due to an abdominal uh, strain or something like that, for all those Brent Seabrook haters, this. This proves the value of Brent Seabrook to that defense, right? right? He, he would have absorbed a couple or gotten a stick on a couple. Yeah, sure. He's probably thankfully he didn't have to play in this game, um, but. Again, an eight-seven victory. Just when they go ahead eight-five, you think you're in the in the in the free, but that wasn't going to be the case. And perhaps most interesting on the stat sheet, the stat sheet. I'm surprised there wasn't a second page to it. But the most comical thing on the stat sheet, Troy brought this up in the post-game show for this game. They list the Blackhawks with seven giveaways and the Ottawa Senators with only two. This 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 was a giveaway fest and a puck management mess and never even more so and yes there are a lot of positives to take out of this but a handful of negatives too and never was that puck management issue more in evidence than shortly before Slater Cuckoo took a penalty with under two minutes to go which the Blackhawks were in the neutral zone carrying it into Ottawa's end and just try to play catch a little bit or even try to dump it in and then a play was attempted to be made, and all of a sudden Ottawa has possession once again. And that, that's probably the, the most 
cardinal sin you can take in a game like this when you have possession of the puck, uh, holding a one goal lead with under two minutes to play. It was, it was just mind boggling and, and, you thought it was going to stop at some point, and I think there was no scoring in the final 10 minutes of the second period. That was our breather. That was our yeah, breather. It was for like that. a vacation from the goal scoring <laughs> from the game. I was telling people that, uh, first of all, I appreciate my colleagues. Everyone was basically checking on me because everyone knows that with NHL.com, you have to list every goal and give a description of every goal. So everyone was joking around with me, like uh, seeing how I was doing. I actually, you know what? I felt fine. What's funny is um, I'm a little tired. We'll talk about it later. I had to get up early for an interview. And, uh, but I was, I was fine this game. I got, I got every goal. I was not, never got behind. I think it's because my, uh, my baptism with the first game was a 13 goal game opening night. So this was like, you know, this late in the season is kind of like a piece of cake. Yeah. And, uh, the Hawks tying their season high in goals, the 8-5 game against the Washington Capitals, uh, from a few weeks back, which was kind of the start of this, this good stretch, which has gotten them back in the playoff picture. We'll touch on that a little bit, but, uh, Without further ado, let's hear from the head coach after this one, Jeremy Colleton. And he was approaching the podium rather casually. Uh, He's a cool customer as it is, uh, at least with us. But he was approaching the podium front and I stand fairly casually and just doing a little sound effect like something before the line of questioning. And you might be able to hear it here as he approaches the podium and some interesting, good-natured give and take. What are you going to do after an 8-7 victory? Thank goodness it was that. Here's Jeremy Colleton after Monday night's game. Please uh, open with a breakdown of every goal. <laughs> you guys will be older by the time you leave. I can tell you that much. Is this uh, one of those games you just take the two points and run? <laughs> yeah, you do. I didn't particularly enjoy it back there. Uh, if I was a player, I probably would have. Um, but... It was important that we, we got the win. Uh, you don't want to be looking at back of these games and wondering what if. So um wasn't pretty defensively. Some some nice goals and some nice some high end skill on both sides, but uh you know, we need the points. The most important thing is the points. And uh good news is we won one and we didn't maybe have our best effort, so hopefully we'll respond with a better one next one. You didn't like your defense overall, but the last two minutes? Yeah, I mean, we found a way. We, we were desperate, and actually that urgency and desperation to defend uh, probably would have put the game away earlier. But, uh, yeah, that was big. Was the quick 0-2 start a kind of a wake-up call, a major wake-up call maybe? <laughs> maybe, yeah. It's not how we want to start. Uh, but we do have the ability to, to turn a game. we got some high-end players, and, you know, I just wish we, we could um, – be a little bit more intelligent with with our decisions away from the puck because then we'd get even more that's the thing if we if you play well away from the puck then you have it and you, you can catch teams as we did and that's 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 why we were able to come back um so it's another learning experience i hope this is the 11th time in 60 games you guys have given up six goals or more this season. Uh, is there a fix to this, or is this just the reality of this team? Is sometimes you're going to have games like this, and sometimes you have to win the 8-7? Well, we we got to improve in that area. We're, we're, we're certainly not going to be the finished product, and that's how it looks. But, um, you know, we are... Have the we have the ability to, to create offense, so giving up a couple isn't the end of the world, but... Uh, 
it's not how we we want to score a lot and give up none. <laughs> you know, that's it's uh, there's still work to do for sure. Do you have any concerns about Delia? That's nine goals allowed in like the last 65 minutes on the ice. No, he he'll, he'll bounce back. It's um, just one of those nights. So um, he he's still young and he's still going through some first time experiences, and uh, this is one of them. And he'll he'll bounce back. What made you decide at that moment to to yank him instead of let him ride it out? Well, I just felt like we were we were right in the game, and it was a winnable game. And try to change it up. This is the third straight game you guys have won after being down 0-2. Lately, why is the team better at responding to slow starts than preventing them? Um, well, good that we're responding. I'm I'm pretty sure that's not how we want to do it going forward. Um, we'll talk about it. We we have talked about it. I, I think. It's it's a similar refrain to after the last press conference. We need to stretch out the time that we're good. You know, it needs to be for more of the sixty minutes, and uh, that'll be that'll be good enough for us. What do you think of Ward? Uh, he should have probably had the night off. He was going to get the night off after playing the last yeah. two games. Probably not a stat line that he loves, but well, it's a tough situation. You, you're not expecting to play. And of course, as a as a pro, you're you're always know that it's it's an option. But uh, he came in, made made some saves for us, and and got the win. And that's kind of what his mo is. You know, he makes the saves at the right time for you. Seabrook injury is that uh, anything of concern, or is it a minor thing? I think it's minor, but I'm I don't think we're exactly sure on the timeline of it but uh you know obviously we'd like to get him back in as soon as possible he's been playing pretty well was it a lingering thing or did it happen in morning skate well it it ha- he tried it this morning we weren't sure how it was going to go we wanted to be sure his status for tonight before we went out with anything but i, I don't think it's going to be uh long term Offensively, is there? I guess they're riding a lot of confidence right now. Is there anything you've seen them accelerate, or just that? There is a lot of confidence, and we're making making lots of plays. And I think there's, we do some things away from the puck that allow us to have space and and an offensive opportunity. we can do that more. Let's do it more, and then we won't be defending so much. Jeremy always keeps it a pretty even keel uh, th- through these things, and um, it's, it's just his approach. And every once in a while, he'll, he'll show a little bit of uh, a little bit of humor, give and take, and some zingers back and forth with the media. Anything stand out to you from that uh, exchange with the head coach afterwards? I just think it's funny. Like you said, he's a cool customer. I think you said he has been that way, and he's gotten more and more comfortable. And you're kind of see, you, you see a fun side of his personality, I, th- I think, especially the last few weeks. And look, whatever happens this season, I think things have really turned out well for him. I think um, you just listened before the game. You know, I, I don't think he ever got booed. I think there's some cues. Obviously, people want wanted Quinville back, and they were surprised he got fired. But honestly, you don't even hear that anymore. You hear some applause when they announced uh, Jeremy before the games, which is which is great. And he's just gotten more and more comfortable and. As far as the team and the system and the way he wants them to play goes, he stuck to his guns, and, and he did that with guys, a lot of guys his age, some, a couple guys uh, older, and guys who won three cups. And credit to the team, too, because they stuck with it, and you know they believed in, in him at the end of the day. So I, I just like the way, you know, 60 games in, I thought it would be interesting because we haven't done a show in a while, just kind of to evaluate him a little bit. And it came into a tough situation. Things are not going well for a long time, and here they are. Uh, one point out of a wild card spot. So it's nice to see him, I think, get credit from the fans and 
him just more comfortable in his role. Yeah, I think those thoughts are spot on, too. And I think fans have no choice but to be impressed with where he's brought this team. We don't know whether they're going to make the playoffs or not, but just to be back into the consideration of it. Now, granted, a big part of that is the West being the West this year. And the Blackhawks are lucky that that's the case. And the conference has come back to them. But... When you look at nine wins in the past 11, no matter how beautiful or ugly that they are, they're getting some results there. Uh, No question that they've struggled against some higher caliber opponents in those two losses, Columbus and Boston. But hats off to to Jeremy and and for the leadership of this team, keeping everyone together when it could have been so easy to mail this thing in. And the first challenge he was faced with uh, for the first time in-game, in the middle of a period. Now, he's changed uh, in that New Jersey game. He went from Ward to Delia after two periods. And this time, Colin Delia um, was, you know, Grant, he didn't get a whole lot of help. And I think Jeremy's hands were tied that after eight minutes and three goals by the Ottawa Senators, he had to make that change. And uh, now you look at the Delia situation here with Corey Crawford on the verge of returning. In his last two games, Delia has allowed nine goals on 47 shots, the loss in Boston and the start of this game. And now with Corey Crawford apparently ready to return, Perhaps by the time this podcast airs, there there could be a roster move made. Uh, if if Dealey does have to go back to Rockford, if Corey deems himself ready, goes to Detroit, as if not the starter, the backup uh, on Wednesday night, and uh, it presents an interesting situation that that Corey, after six seven weeks following this latest concussion, is ready to go again. He thought maybe at worst he would need a couple more practices to get his timing back, but here's Corey knocking on the door once again. Yeah, like I said, we haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks, so to get people up to speed, he's been he's been saying he's ready for what, like a week now, yeah, and a little less than a week. And Carlton still has been you know very mum on it. He's a guy who had a head injury ended his career, I believe, mm-hmm. and um, has not dis- been disclosing too much about it. But he Crawford really could be ready to go. Uh, any any day now, I, I think, because he's had a couple morning skates in a row. He was getting working before practice, like we saw him do at the beginning of the year, and then it was just um, I think it was twelve days after he started getting started joining practice again that he got back into the lineup. So he will be back really soon, and it's nice that Delia got that contract because otherwise he goes down to Rockford, he doesn't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it is probably reassuring for him. He can go and, and get a lot of games in and, and uh, work on some things there. Yeah, we'll see if if in fact that happens. It may have happened by the time our podcast airs, as a matter of fact. But uh, let's hear from the guy who uh, came in eight minutes into this one, Cam Ward. Uh, it was supposed to be Delia's net tonight. It certainly didn't last long. And let's hear from Ward, one of the goalie who survived this onslaught here tonight at both ends of the ice. And uh, this exchange with the media after the 8-7 victory begins with Ward being asked if he feels like he was the star of the game. I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think Cat was the hero tonight. Uh, um, you know, obviously he played extremely well. I uh, I asked him if that was his first uh, first hat trick, and he looked at me like I was an idiot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, Cat, I wasn't here last year. But uh, he's like that was my fourth. But, uh, I mean, he was hot. Uh, um, but obviously, we need to we, we we know that we need to need to defend better, and um, you know we need to be better in front of you know deals too, and. Um, um, you know, it's important that he keeps his head up and keeps keeps moving forward because he's been playing great for us, and obviously he didn't deserve that. Have you been thrown into a game five minutes in like that? And it was more than five minutes, wasn't it? It was early. I don't know about the exact time, but it was, it was very early. Were you... um, 
I've, 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 uh, I've been on the other side. I've been, I've been yanked in the first five minutes of a game, but uh, um, you know, it just goes to show you got to prepare for every single game because you never know what can happen, and you might have to be called upon to go out there. And uh, um, you know, I, I guess the fact that it wasn't sitting on the bench for too long was was probably better for me. What was the feeling when you're going onto the ice? Sorry? What was the feeling when you're going onto the ice down two and you're up against so much and then come back and win? Well, I think it's just, you know, trying to change the momentum of the game, obviously. Um, that happens when you change your goaltender, and, you know, it's important to, to come up with a, with a save early when you get get in there, uh, give the team some confidence. Um, you know, uh, you know, Stone got that, that goal pretty early on, too. But, uh, um, you know, it was, it, it was one of those games you just had to battle. Um, it wasn't going to be pretty, obviously. And, uh, um, you know, it almost seemed like, you know, last man standing. And, you know, fortunately, we were able to get the two points, which is obviously the most important thing. What was the last minute 40 like? I mean, Sorry? Six, on, six on four at the end, not just a power play, but six on four the last minute 40. What was it like back there? Yeah, I mean... Uh, she had to grind it out. He uh, knew that they were going to pull the goaltender, and, and when we were on the PK, and I thought they had actually a really good look, and Duncan Keith had a really good stick there in front of the net to, to preserve uh, the win for us. I thought uh, uh, would have been probably a backdoor tap in if it wasn't for his stick there. So, um, you know, PK came up huge. Um, again, we don't like to put ourselves in that situation, but uh, we grinded it up. We could very well be looking at uh, two veterans back uh, guiding the Blackhawks in net for the home stretch here. Before we talk about playoff hopes uh, here, uh, a couple things. Alex Dabrinka getting his fourth hat trick in his young career. Back up to 32 goals. He's blown his rookie total of 28 out of the water right now. And Patrick Kane, an 18-game point streak, 40 points in those 18 games. He also becomes just the fourth player in NHL history to have an assist streak of 17 games. Joining Wayne Gretzky, who has the record of 23 in a row, Adam Oates and Paul Coffey. He moved ahead of Yaramir Yager, who he was tied with at 16, uh, with the two assists on Monday night. Those other three are Hall of Famers. I don't think there's any doubt Patrick Kane's going to be going to the Hall of Fame. But this season that he's having really blows my mind based on until this last month. Wednesday will be the one-month mark where he was put on a line with Kajula and Taves. Prior to that, he was with anybody and everybody. And during his MVP season, it was Panarin and Anisimov. And for what he has done, this this is turning into one of these seasons where if the Hawks do get into the playoffs, I know it's been brought up before, but he deserves just as much as anybody to be a Hart Trophy winner again. Yeah, you said it. Scoring with everybody, and you know tonight was Debrinket's night. I think you know they made they they made my lead uh, about Kane, but it's been about Kane every game. So I made it about Debrinket getting five points. But um, it, and yeah, he just always finds a way. And when, when it you know tonight it was Debrinket, like I said, but it, it's usually Kane. He's he's put this team on his back so many times this year and now they're just one point shy of a wild card spot so he really has been the difference maker for a team that could you know kind of limp into the playoffs here so i don't know if that's not 
MVP caliber. I'm not sure what is. But one frustrating thing for Patrick, though, is he has these multi-point games, and he thinks he's going to... Uh, first of all, he has shot up the point standings in the leagues, where he's second right now. And he, he has these multi-point games where he thinks, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I might be catching up to Kucherov, closing the gap a little bit right now. What, is, what does Kucherov do on Monday night? He has a five-point game compared to Kane's three-point game. Five-point game? Five-point game, <laughs> and in all of Tampa Bay's goals. So here's Patrick sitting now at 90 points after a three-point night, and he's still nine points behind Kucherov, who's on the verge of busting 100. So it's got to be a little bit frustrating. So uh, here the Blackhawks are as we tape this podcast uh, following Monday night's action. Uh, Dallas and Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota, hold the two wild card spots at 63 and 60 points. I don't know how much longer the Wild they're going to be there based on Dumba's already been out, Koivu's out the rest of the season, and the way they've lost some of these games lately uh, at home to Philadelphia where they blew a lead and then blowing a 4-1 lead against New Jersey after Bruce Boudreaux guarantees that they're going to be in the playoffs. I think there's going to be a much different Minnesota team come come trade deadline on Monday. Um, but so those are the two wild card holders at 63 and 60 points. Then the Blackhawks, Colorado, which also won on Monday, and Vancouver all sit at 59 points. The Hawks in Vancouver have played 60 games. Colorado has that one game in hand at 59 points. Then Arizona, after losing on Monday to Calgary, they're at 57 points, also at uh, through 59 games, and. Uh, Anaheim sitting there at 55 after winning a couple games recently. But there is no question the Blackhawks are are, are in the playoff hunt. Uh, they've worked their way back into it. It hasn't been pretty. It may not be pretty with the way they play some of these games unless things tighten up. I'm, I'm just not sure whether their style, and until they tighten up, uh, is going to do the job for them. But we know they can score goals, and here they are knocking at the door again. Well, you know, look, and just four points shy of the first wild card spot now with Dallas. You go back to the winning streak, and especially at the beginning when you're when you're beating teams like the Islanders and the Capitals, and they were pretty tight then, and they did have the goal scoring now, and now you're seeing the scoring from the first two lines. Yeah, they're a little top heavy, but they can come back from these these deficits. You don't want you don't want it against maybe the worst team in the league, like uh, what happened on Monday night, but. When their defense is letting them down a little bit, um, and a goaltending that's been pretty good all year, when when that's not up to par, you're, you're just going to get that scoring. Kane's on fire. Uh, Debrinkit, everybody, Taves got on the board again tonight. So you're really getting that. Is it going to be enough for you to have a deep run? Probably not. You obviously need defense and goaltending. Crawford might take them a couple games at least to get back into it but uh they're getting scoring and look i mean <laughs> they're they're very close right now yeah. so they could they could be in the playoffs and it's all about getting in and, and granted this part of this winning stretch has not been as clean as the first five or six games have been um hopefully they can they can find a way to tighten things up uh whether that ever happens to the point where uh someone can be uh, Jeremy uh who has pointed it out can be satisfied with it i'm not sure it'll go a long way toward making a run but here they are this week at detroit um, one of their victims during this winning streak on a Wednesday, although they're probably licking their chops watching <laughs> watching this game on Monday night. But then you have Colorado coming in on Friday. And by the way, for those fans coming out, it's a 6.30 start on Friday. So be sure to arrive early. And then Dallas Sunday afternoon. Those are the two teams that are right there that you're mixing it up with. And then it's a, a trip out west for three games. Do you want to make a prediction? If you want to. All right. I'm going to say they're going to make the playoffs. 
What do you say? <laughs> I do. I'm not so sure, but yeah. hey, the hope is there, and, and it's all about getting in. You know, exactly. You know, uh, it's all about getting in, and then uh, can they hang? You know, with a Nashville or a Winnipeg, which has slumped a little bit of late, or uh, you know, a, a Calgary or a San Jose. Who knows? But get yourself in, roll the dice, and this kind of playing under pressure is going to help these young players invaluably, whether they make it or not. Jeremy pointed that out at the at the pregame skate. Speaking of the pregame skate, um, I was a little surprised to see uh, a season ticket holder event going on during morning skate. This is the second straight uh, practice here that the Blackhawks have had in which there was a huge audience because they did a great thing with uh, 8,000 students, part of a a learning thing that uh, the Community Relations Department has put together. But uh, all of a sudden I hear this loud, familiar voice as I'm making my way into the bowl, and there's John, our buddy John Weideman, uh, kind of emceeing and hosting this. The speakers were really, really loud as the players were taking the ice, and I noticed as as the morning skate did uh, officially begin, they kind of they kind of put the volume down on those speakers <laughs> as John was talking about everybody oh, within okay. earshot. Um, but it, it it was kind of entertaining, and you know we were he asked for questions for a while, and we in the media were kind of raising our hands at one point. Uh, he recognized us, but I don't think he was he was ready to take a question from us. Yeah, they had us in one of the suites on the second level. They did that a couple of practices ago when there was an, another event. But yeah, we walk in, we walk into the suite. And because we knew there was an event for the fans, so we could uh, see and report on the practice. And you hear John's booming voice. John's the best. And you see they give him a podium. He's got a podium in the one mini podium on the 100 level for these fans. And you hear his voice, and he's literally doing play by play for a morning skate. And it wasn't that it wasn't that hard of a skate, you know. Right. So to hear him do that was was funny. And uh, you know, he's just going off the cuff. That they they. they must have wanted him talking the whole time. He, he was incredibly entertaining. And then uh, he must have sensed that we were uh, getting some lines off or, or having some fun because then he goes, uh, and Mark Lazarus up there, and Laz was uh, in the media room talking about there's a new tier of points, I think, for Marriott. And so John goes, and uh, Mark Lazarus up there, everybody, he's a, he's a titanium platinum member now at the Marriott. <laughs> It was great. It wasn't really play-by-play he was doing. He was just kind of sharing what what, what the process is yeah, during morning. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, great informative. If you're, informative. If you're a fan, I mean, that's it's great to go have yeah. that. And John yeah. right in front of you is so accessible like that. Yeah, he brought Brian. Uh, Campbell came out. Yeah, he brought Brian Campbell down with him for a while. And then uh, actually Seabrook was at morning skate and he flipped a puck over that I think either hit or came close to, to hitting Brian Campbell yeah. just as kind of a joke. I wonder if that's where the injury occurred. I certainly hope not. But uh, speaking of John, uh, second intermission meal on Monday night. He usually comes up and joins us, uh, listens uh, at a kind of a little level. We have a two-tiered radio booth. And all of a sudden, John's nose starts running. He's perspiring. He's coughing. He's sweating. And it was it was apparently a very spicy and dewy sausage that was offered here. And then when I went out to check things out, they, they had spicy buffalo wing tots or something like that. You, you enjoyed that. You too. just made me realize, yeah, uh, two things. You made me realize that I could have prevented that. John was in front of me, and it's, it's called like a, you know ambia, ambiago sausage or something. He's like, oh, ambiago sausage, what's that? I'm like, I don't know. And dewy. And dewy sausage? Yeah. And he goes, uh, 
what's that? I go, I don't know. It looks good. <laughs> so I grabbed some. I grabbed some too. It was really hot, and I also had the uh, the buffalo tenders. Were was the hottest buffalo sauce I've ever had in my life. They were good, but uh, my mouth was burning. I'm, I'm chugging water, and I look over to you, and you're like. Hot, hot, right? <laughs> well, I knew John was having difficulty with it, too. So probably cleared the nasal passages oh, a little bit. Right? It was a long day for him. Working yeah. early at the morning skate, that uh, yeah. 15 yeah. goals and spicy food. Yes, He's going to sleep well on Monday night. Well, uh, I, I since I knew I, I, I'm bad with that hot, spicy stuff anyway, I just stuck to the, the mac and cheese and the, and the green beans there. Um, it's, I didn't come out unscathed today, though, because... As I was uh, grabbing a bite to eat before the game, I'm, I come in and I'm, I'm kibitzing with a couple of the, the people in the cafeteria before heading over to the line to, to pick something up to eat to hold me. Um, the, the people I, were, I was talking with, a uh, fine uh, couple of guys from uh, Banner Collective who shoot all the videos for the Blackhawks on Blackhawks TV, uh, after I left them, one of them then approaches me in the, in the grub line and said, You have a hole in your pants. <laughs> So, so I'm immediately alarmed. I'm immediately alarmed and wondering. Okay, was was today a commando day? No, thank God today was not a commando day. And uh, which color did I choose? Uh, once I find there's a rip right by one of my back pockets here, rather sizable as I reach back and, and look at it now. But. The good news was, thank goodness my shirt is so long that it covers up the underwear. And I'm, it's, it's kind of a bluish shirt. I have dark blue pants on. It wasn't as bad as it could have been. So I, I thank my lucky stars for that. Hey, save it for the Super Bowl halftime show, will you? With that? I, you know, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell. I think you were okay. But I don't know how he spotted it. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I usually walk in there with my, sport, my suit jacket on. This was the one day I walked in there without my suit jacket on. And, of course, it was much more... I could have gotten away without anybody seeing this right now. So I'm in the I'm in the line, trying to fill up a little container for my food while while at the same time turning a certain way. So I'm not exposed to the rest of the people trying to eat without seeing a hole in my pants. Are you informed about the hole again? You have a hole in your pants. <laughs> So thanks to the good folks at uh, Banner Collective for making me aware of that. And it's be a one-hour uh, feature on the website. Right, the right, thing. exactly, and. Uh, I, I tried to make my way uh, over, and then when I checked on you after the game to see how much longer you'd be, you'd be, it, it's warm in this room right now. So I yeah. took my jacket off. I went down and checked on you, and I forgot. Oh, I didn't have my jacket on, so I better walk in with one hand on on my backside. So adventures in wardrobe malfunctions yeah. here. Your next buddy. Uh, speaking of next, uh, you had yourself a long day. Yeah. You are. Author to the stars, aren't you? So uh, fill us in. Yes, yes. Uh, I, w- I woke up early. I had an interview with Gary Sinise at the theater, the theater uh, Steppenwolf in Chicago, famous theater in Lincoln Park that he's a co-founder of. And I sit down and interview with him. Super nice guy. And, you know, I had about the time I was allotted. Want to get a couple more Forrest Gump questions in there, but <laughs> I felt kind of rushed by his PR people, and they were, they were nice enough to set it up, and, and he was great. So really good experience. I think that's probably going to run on Forbes.com in two days because tomorrow morning I'm going to run I'm sorry, Tuesday morning, if you're listening uh, whenever, I'm going to run my interview with Kelly Clarkson I did over the phone. Oh, did you say hi to Kelly for me? I did. She said, uh, said, I think I'm still wearing trousers with holes in them. (laughs) Uh, Still. (laughs) Taught him everything he knows. Uh, No, she was, and she gave me like 
35 minutes and, and just super, you know, she kind of had the reputation of just being really nice and down to earth and, and 100%. Mm-hmm. And it seemed one of those where it seems like you could have kept talking, but I didn't want to hold her up. Uh, really, really good stuff. I think even some exclusives, you know, I kind of surprised myself oh. with, uh, I guess pertinent questions. Dug deep, didn't I, d- I dug deep a little bit. And, did she get emotional at all while you were digging deep or no? Uh, no, she did not get emotional. <laughs> and nor, nor did I. She, she wasn't eating onions or andouille sausage either to have some kind of hot. It's hot. It's hot. No, but, uh, yeah, and, and I asked good questions. And uh, she, I don't know if you saw, she did that, that cover of the Lady Gaga song and from the movie. She did that oh, in Green right. Bay on Friday. It was trending yesterday. It was the first person to ask her about it. She had a good response. So, uh, yeah, Forbes.com, uh, Tuesday morning. Definitely up by mid-morning if you want to check. And then on Wednesday, my uh, feature on Gary Sinise, who has a great book out now. That I read quite a bit of, not the whole thing, but uh, so yeah, so some crowded day and end with a uh, nice podcast and fifteen well, goals. It's been a long day. I, I'm I'm humbled really that you uh, allowed some time for me after hanging with top with of my to do list. Gary Sinise and and Kelly Clarkson. It's a great top report. All right, uh, let's see. We are now uh, at uh, well after midnight, so we may be locked into the United Center. I'm not quite sure, so we better put a wrap on this. Thank you for your patience. Let's try to arrange something after trade deadline early next week, yeah. even though I'm not sure what the Blackhawks practice schedule is going to be and what Stan Bowman's media availability will be after the deadline passes on Monday, so we'll figure something out early next week. It won't be as long, folks. Thanks for your patience and, and sticking around and enjoying, uh, or hopefully enjoying, our Blackhawks crazy podcast too long in coming remember you can subscribe uh, to the podcast on itunes also we'll have it available via twitter and on the blackhawks crazy facebook page facebook.com backslash blackhawks crazy again subscribe on itunes leave a review and again uh, scott and i will also tweet out links i'm at at bowden tweets scott is at at scott king media any final things or thoughts to uh, pass along other than our thanks to joe romano for once again putting this together just uh, be kind to each other and take your vitamins. Love thy neighbor. <laughs> Love thy neighbor. Yes, we need vitamins after this uh, after this long night. And your long day, especially, mister. So uh, good on you. Thanks for listening to the Blackhawks Crazy Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. It's Trade Deadline.